The Trump administration has reversed its ban on international students enrolled in online-only schools this fall. Rihanna announced a new Fenty skincare line, and my bank account is in no way ready for this. And we're talking with climate scientist Mark Parrington about the Arctic wildfires that are dumping literal tons of pollutants into the atmosphere. The date, July 15th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Casey, there's a lot of important things out there in the world right now, but before we dive into them, I have to bring up Ivanka Trump's <laughs> Beans tweet. I, It's one of the most, makes me feel like I'm actually going mad things that has mm-hmm. happened in a long mm-hmm. time, which is saying a lot. Uh, did, you, did you see this thing? Oh yeah, 100%. From the way she weirdly holds the beans to the fact that I know she's never tasted those beans before <laughs> to, uh, to third. The first thing I saw when, when I, when I saw her doing that, I was like, wait a second. If Tom Haverford had to give up his shares in the snake hole lounge because he worked for the government <laughs> and was promoting something else outside of it. Well, then Ivanka cannot do this. <laughs> you are correct. And several like former government ethicists have said the same thing. So if you've not seen this surreal horror show, of a tweet. It's literally just Ivanka Trump on her official Blue Check Twitter account holding up a can of Goya black beans with the caption, if it's Goya, it has to be good. And in Spanish, si es Goya, tiene que ser bueno. Thank you, high school Spanish. (laughs) I'm being laughed at by the production team for my accent, but you know what? At least I tried. (laughs) Okay, it's time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. The White House ordered hospitals to skip the CDC and send their coronavirus case numbers straight to a database in Washington yesterday. A document posted on the Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS, website was the first indication of the change. Rather than submitting their data to the CDC to be posted publicly, information on new cases, the number of hospital beds and ventilators available, and other stats will now go to HHS's database. It's not clear how transparent this new database will be or how quickly updates will be provided to the public. The order comes at a time when the clash between President Trump and his health advisors is more on display than ever. Over the weekend, the White House released an anonymous list of instances in which they claim that Dr. Anthony Fauci of the National Institutes of Health was wrong about the coronavirus. And yesterday, White House trade advisor Peter Navarro published an op-ed in USA Today where he says that Fauci was, quote, wrong about everything I have interacted with him on. But the White House's communications director said in a tweet this morning that Navarro had basically gone rogue and not gotten approval for the op-ed before it was published. Some hopeful news, though. The first trials of a potential COVID-19 vaccine have showed some encouraging results. Moderna Therapeutics is one of several companies around the world racing to try to cobble together a vaccine against the novel coronavirus. And in a paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine, it says that their experimental drug triggers an immune response in test subjects, which is good. The phase one study showed that in all 45 people tested, two doses of the vaccine were able to trigger the production of neutralizing antibodies that can help prevent future infections. There were some side effects among a small number of the test subjects, but they were things like fatigue and chills, basically mild COVID-19 symptoms. That said, this is all still very early stages, and we're probably still a ways away from getting a final vaccine approved. But the company said it's now looking ahead towards phase three studies, where the trial is expanded to thousands of people. 
And the Trump administration has backed down and will now let international students stay in the country even if their colleges are online only this fall. ICE drew a lot of heat last week when it announced that it would be denying visas to students whose classes were online only this fall and suggesting that students already in the country need to GTFO. Harvard, MIT, and over 200 other universities sued the administration over the decision. But during a court hearing yesterday, the presiding judge announced that both sides had agreed that ICE would say, never mind, and the schools would drop their suit. It was the first time since the family separation policy that the Trump administration has backed down from a controversial immigration policy without a court forcing them to do so, one expert told BuzzFeed News. And college students who had been scrambling to figure out what to do with the rules stood are breathing a sigh of relief now, albeit tinged with some bitterness, with one telling BuzzFeed News, quote, Although I am relieved that the policy was rescinded, I am still angry that it took lawsuits to be filed for the government to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd be angry, too. And you're going to be left with this feeling of like, when is this going to happen again? Am I safe? Am I not safe? I'm just in limbo. I thought that I was going to this university in the U.S. and now I can might be forced to leave at any time. Right. And the fact that uh, they basically just sort of allowed for the rule that they set up in the spring to stand for now, which is a temporary rule. I'm curious to see what happens if come winter semester, if things aren't better, will ICE try this again? Harvard seems to think that they might. And uh, according to their president, they're ready with all of the legal arguments yeah. they had lined up for this court case to give it another go if they have to. But fingers crossed it doesn't come to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went to Boston University, and which has a very big international student base. And uh, many of these other colleges that are were participating in this lawsuit do as well. And it's just like, you know what? Yeah, this will just give them even more time to make a case for why this shouldn't be allowed. Uh, yeah, I went to Michigan State University and holy cow, a lot of international students there uh, out of an undergrad base of 40,000. So yeah, I'm really glad that this got turned over. Uh, so Casey, that's all the updates I have. What have you got? Oh, well, Brianna announced that her Fenty brand is finally releasing a skincare line and also took the time to yell at people who assume that skincare is just for the ladies. So people have suspected that Fenty would be expanding beyond its makeup line since March of last year when fans spotted a new trademark request from the company for skincare. God bless fans. Mm-hmm. Rihanna made it official today on Instagram, dropping a short video showing her using three products. We don't know exactly what will be released when the line launches on July 31st, but among the names Fenty has trademarked are Buff Rider, Fat Water, Flash Nap, and Instant Reset. When promoting the launch on Twitter, Rihanna also responded to a few fans who wondered if she would put out skincare products for men, to which she responded, quote, whoever told you skincare has a gender lied to you. I cannot stop laughing at fat water. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but I am so curious to find out. Casey. You know, I don't know what it does either, but fat water instantly sounds refreshing. I think it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be like those commercials you saw growing up where just like water's being splashed on you in the morning yes. and you're invigorated. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> So what do you do for your skincare routine, Casey? I'm curious now. <laughs> um, well, Hayes, I will get really into skincare and buy a lot of products. And then I will get overwhelmed that I have too many <laughs> products and I don't know what to do with all of them and don't have enough time in the day. So then I'll just wash my face and then I will carry around guilt that I spent so much money on products. 
So it's really great. It's great for stress. <laughs> I, I takes away those fine line wrinkles and just adds <laughs> deeper wrinkles. It sounds great for you. Yes. I, uh, I just have a face wash that I use and occasionally borrow from my fiance's collection from The Ordinary to keep the <laughs> yes, skin taut good. and tight and glowing. So <laughs> I have no idea what any of them actually do, but I'm told that they work wonders and I can't argue. Listeners, Haze is glowing right now. <laughs> Okay, and next up, Nick Cannon has been dumped by Viacom CBS after repeating anti-Semitic conspiracy theories on his podcast. Cannon was interviewing former public enemy rapper Professor Griff on the June 30th episode of his podcast, Cannon's Class. And during that talk, they referenced the idea that a Jewish family called the Rothschilds secretly control the world, as well as the theory that Ashkenazi Jews from Europe aren't the, quote, real Jewish people black people are. Cannon went on to say, quote, it's never hate speech. You can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people, when we are the same people who they want to be. That's our birthright. We are the true Hebrews. Cannon has been working with Viacom CBS since he was first on Nickelodeon's All That as a kid. He's also hosted MTV's improv sketch comedy show Wild and Out with them since 2005. He first apologized on Twitter saying, quote, I hold myself accountable for this moment and take full responsibility. But after he was fired, he followed up on Facebook demanding an apology from Viacom CBS and the rights to Wild and Out moving forward. Okay, this story is (laughs) so messy and so intense. There's so many places to go with this. Casey, are you familiar with any of the like black Israelite stuff that he was talking about? No, not really. This was the first time where uh, when I was reading all this stuff about Nick Cannon and I was like, what? Right. So for listeners out there who have no idea. So this is something that I only became aware of when seeing like a group of black people in like the cheekies and dreads yelling at white people on the streets in D.C. and New York. Uh, But basically what it boils down to is the theory is that black people are the 12th tribe of Israel that was cursed and cast out and banished and forgotten, basically. But they are the true Israelites. They're the real Hebrew people. And in this, they say that, you know, white people have just taken over and they've tried to say that we're the ones with a real connection to God and this is a lie, etc. And it's the basis for a lot of weird conspiracy theories and also racism towards white people. And uh, it's a theory that I first like really looked into after first listening to Kendrick Lamar's uh, album Damn, because he references it a lot in the album and makes it a little bit less appealing. Wow. Okay. So he has really been ingrained in this mindset for a very long time then if he's this, I'm going to say informed in quotes. Mm. (laughs) Quote in quotes. Uh, I tweeted about this and my mentions were just trash for a minute there. There People take this very seriously when they should very much not. It's also conflated too with Minister Louis Farrakhan and we just don't have time to get into it too much more than this because wow. Okay, before we take a quick break, a question for you listeners. Do you love talking about TV and movies? Could you use some recommendations on what to watch next? BuzzFeed has you covered with a brand new Facebook group called What to Watch. Come join your people connecting over the best moments in pop culture at facebook.com slash groups slash watch BuzzFeed. One more time, that's facebook.com slash groups slash watch BuzzFeed. Or you can just click the link in our show notes. All TV and movie fans welcome. Even the people who genuinely like the musical episode of Grey's Anatomy, which I pretend does not exist. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, when we come back, we've got climate scientist Mark Parrington here with an update on the wildfires that are burning in the Arctic. Stay put. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.comslash 2022. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes, too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real, we're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Climate news is rarely good, but last week we got a particularly scary jolt. According to a new report from the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasts, or ECMWF, wildfires are on the rise in the Arctic, and last month they set a new record for the amount of pollution they pumped into the air. We're joined today by Mark Parrington. He's a senior scientist with the ECMWF's Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hi, good to be here. So first, where exactly are we seeing these wildfires and how are you tracking them? Um, over the last um, six weeks or so, we've been seeing these fires in uh, really the far northeast of Siberia. So uh, in Russia, there's there's different um, areas and there's an area called the, the Saka Republic, which is quite a large area of eastern Siberia and the Chukotka Autonomous Oblast, and which is the one right opposite Alaska, opposite across the Bering Strait. So Mm-hmm. These are the two places where we've seen most of these fires, and that includes um, in both the, the sort of boreal zone, the boreal forest zone, but also north of the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. And we, we know yeah. this because we use satellite data. So there are satellites that are going around. Some of these have been going around for the last, uh, well, 20 years, the oldest one that we're using. Um, and they, they measure all different aspects of the, the land surface and the atmosphere. Um, and using this data, we can see where the fires are burning and how intense they are burning as well. And what's causing them? Are these just natural fires that are spreading more than normal? Uh, it could be that they're natural fires. I mean, we don't really know the exact source of the ignition. This is always a big unknown when we're looking at uh, mm. these data. And without actually being there on the ground, it's, it's really hard to say. But there are a number of causes, of, of direct causes for the ignition. So 
they could be human caused, whether accidental or deliberately. Um, but then there are natural causes like lightning. And then you may remember in May, we, I was involved in some speculation with other scientists that I collaborate with regularly about the prospects of so-called zombie fires or holdover fires that may have been burning underground through the winter ah. and then resurface and reignite the, the vegetation mm. at the surface. But we don't, we don't really know for sure. What we do know, though, in terms of like the underlying environmental conditions is, well, there's a heat wave going on in Siberia and in the Arctic Circle right now. Um, the, the ground surface is drier than the sort of climate norm, if you like. Um, and so the conditions are ideal. So when there is an ignition, the fuel is there, it's dry, it's warm, and these fires are then able to spread very quickly um, and also burn for, for many, many weeks. So we saw this last summer in, in 2019 that from about the same time in June, actually, <laughs> the second week, all the way through to August, these, these very persistent, long-burning fires, which we hadn't seen in, in previous years, at least not over the last 20 years, and now we're seeing the same this year in a very similar way as to what we saw last year. Yeah, you've sounded the alarm that these wildfires are now at unprecedented levels. Uh, you mentioned that last year and this year, the findings have been pretty bad. How did this year's findings compare to previous years? What we're seeing in with this year's findings, and if we estimate the total CO2 emissions, for example, uh, we estimate something like 59 or 60 megatons of CO2. Compared to last mm. year, which was 53 megatons of CO2. But prior to that, we're, we're way, way below those numbers. And actually, 2019, 2020, just for June, added together is more than all the other Junes from the previous years back to 2003 that we have in our data set. Wow. Oof. So can we say yet what the long-term impact of these wildfires is going to be on the climate? I think that's still difficult to say, and it's very much mm -hmm. uh, a research question. Um, what, what we do in the Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service is sort of near real-time current situation and how that relates to, to air quality, but also the fire activity. In terms of the longer scale, um, there are quite a lot of factors involved. So it leaves a mark on the landscape. Um, we'll change the planetary albedo. We don't know. I mean, I'm not an ecologist, so I don't really know how that vegetation might recover or whether it recovers in mm -hmm. the same way or, or if it does recover, uh, it's not necessarily a landscape that has a fire as part of its ecosystem. Um, one thing we mm -hmm. know is that some of the fuel that is burning is peat soil. And we know that peat soil has been locking up carbon in the ground for thousands of years, potentially. So this is then irreversible emission of carbon into the atmosphere that, that hasn't been in the atmosphere before. Well, at least not for a very long time. Um, and again, we, yeah. we're a little bit limited in our knowledge. So actually that what we're seeing looks bad, but actually it could be worse because we're, we can only estimate based on the knowledge that we currently have. Oh, I, that's one of my favorite things for scientists to say, that things are, uh, could actually be worse than we realize. Yeah. Um, what would you say this report tells us, though, about overall trends in emissions and global warming beyond the Arctic region? Um, well, uh, that's that's quite a difficult one to say. I mean, fire regimes and mm. fire ecology around the world is very different depending on whether you're in the tropics or the, the boreal zone or um, in Australia as well, which is, you know, adds all adds to the complications. And, and often there's a lot of interannual variability. So it, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy question 
to link, you know, mm-hmm. wildfire activity around the world to how the climate's changing because then there's a lot of other factors right. and underlying things that um, you have to take into account. So I get the feeling I'm not going to like this answer, but what, if anything, can be done to reverse or slow this cycle down? I, I think the only way that it can be done is to, to follow whatever it is that we have to do to try and limit climate change or try, try and limit our impact on the climate in the first place. And so whatever the solution for climate change is globally, then, you know, it's almost double that or whatever the increase is for the polar regions, isn't it? So there's really an urgency about this. And this isn't nothing, this is nothing new. I, I was working on air pollution in the Arctic 10, 15 years ago and when it was the international polar year and, and the same things were being said that, you know, Arctic climate change was faster than global climate change. And still here we are 15 years later and saying the same thing. Well, hopefully uh, we'll have good reasons not to be saying the same thing 10 to 15 years from now, hopefully. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Okay, not a problem, yeah. Okay, it's time for Meanwhile on the Internet, and it's good news for any worried teens who are listening. Howie Mandel is safe and sound. Wait, time out. Howie Mandel? Like, <laughs> stand-up comedian with a rubber glove thing. Dude, did Bobby's World when we were kids. America's Got Talent, mega germaphobe, that Howie Mandel. What? Was he in danger and I missed this? <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I love how much you apparently know about Howie Mandel. <laughs> second, second of all, yes, there are TikTok conspiracy theories that certainly seem to think so for a minute there. It all started when Mandel posted a parody of the crafty videos some people were making at the start of the pandemic. In this video, he cuts off the corners of a paper bag and labels it shoe stuff, as in a place to put your shoes. I, what? That, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, that that fits with his general sort of absurdist theme, I suppose. <laughs> so wait, so the team saw this and thought, oh my God, this is an actual cry for help? Yes, I mean, it was a slightly unhinged video. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a video that kicked that theory off, posted by YouTuber and now crossover TikTok star, Emmy Hartman. Hi everybody, Howie Mandel here. Watch this and tell me he doesn't need help. It's a secret message, I think. Ellen and Howie Mandel need help and I don't know why, but something's wrong and I can't figure it out. I just spit. So soon, more and more people were joining in with genuine concern and now the hashtag SaveHowieMandel has 9.8 million views. And when Mandel's kids finally told him how worried people were, he posted a new video to try to reassure TikTok that he has not been kidnapped. I repeat, has not been kidnapped. But honestly, that made people even more concerned because throughout the video, he's making all these random gestures that he says aren't secret signs, but that definitely look like secret signs. Hello, people of TikTok. I'm okay. I have not been kidnapped. Thank you all for worrying. There is no signs in this video. Nothing to figure out except listen to what I'm saying. I'm fine. (laughs) Are you okay? I don't know if I believe Howie Mandel's okay right now. (laughs) So when BuzzFeed News reached out to him, he insisted that he's fine and said, quote, if anybody was really concerned, emotionally, that's wonderful that people are that concerned. In these times, that warms my heart that people care about other people. God, the teens are so bored. 
The teens are bored as shit right now. Okay, Hayes, or are they smart and brilliant and better than the FBI? Okay? (laughs) Listen. (laughs) All right, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we're talking to Brian Baumgartner, a.k.a. Kevin from The Office, about his new podcast, An Oral History of The Office. And remember, Howie, if you need help, just blink twice in your next video. Twice. Be sure to subscribe to Music Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Reviews help us get the show in front of all new listeners, and we want you to have more people to talk about the show with. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.